On Friday last week, Otago University Masters student Thomas Stevenson led a search party of 22 students and staff from the university on a hunt for a meteorite believed to have struck the earth on a farm near Dunedin. An image captured at the Beverly Begg Observatory in Robin Hood Park, Belnaus, showed a massive fireball hurtling towards earth, which according to Stevenson was so big that the camera originally registered it as the moon and not a meteor. Stevenson is stitching together 1,005 aerial images he took with a drone to recreate a four-square-kilometre search area on a Lee Stream farm southwest of Middlemarge with hopes to reveal the crash site. If it is found, it will be only the third time in New Zealand that a meteor had been recovered after being seen falling to Earth. Thomas Stevenson joins me now live on the show. Kia ora, Thomas, are you there? Kia ora, and hello to everyone tuning in. Hiya, Thomas. Hey, um, just to be clear... The meteorite still hasn't been found yet. We're still on the hunt, right? That's right. We're still looking for it, but we, um, we're we pretty confident that it's out there somewhere. <laughs> so, Thomas, normally meteors, they, they burn up before they hit the Earth, but for this one to have actually landed on the ground, we're predicting it must have been a pretty big one. Is that right? That's right. Well, the image you just described from the Beverly Big Observatory shows that it was a very big object indeed. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's, um, it lasted in its fireball phase until quite close to the ground, which indicates that it was uh, mechanically a very strong object, perhaps made of iron and nickel, so a very metallic meteorite. Um, that's another good sign that there is something on the ground for us to find. And so is it, <clears throat> is it bigger than we originally estimated? Uh, 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 is, has there been an update in our, in our estimate of how, how large it actually is? Uh, yes, so over the last week, some colleagues overseas who run um, other fireball camera networks, they've been running some calculations to try and predict um, not only where the meteorite may have landed, but its composition, so what it might be made of. And they're now telling us that it may range from 1 to 30 kilograms in mass. Um, if we find something that weighs 30 kilograms, that would make it the second largest meteorite ever recovered in New Zealand. If it's that big, Thomas, shouldn't it be easy to find? <laughs> well, you would think so. Even something weighing one kilogram should make a crater one meter across, according to our calculations. Um, so what I've been doing is using those drone photos you mentioned to create a map. And not only that, I've managed to create a 3D model of the site we're investigating. A 3D model should show features like craters pretty clearly, um, but we haven't spotted any yet. So we're expanding the search area, and we're going to go back tomorrow and during the weekend. Thomas, you mentioned that uh, there are people overseas uh, aiding in this, uh, you know, in this investigation, in this hunt. There is even someone um, conducting dark flight analysis in Ontario, Canada. Th- so this is this is a global affair. This is this is you know this is extended beyond the shores of Aotearoa. Yes, very much so. Um, so our cameras that we've set up feed into the Global Meteor Network, which is a collaboration between many different countries. And in this particular meteorite hunt, we've had help from people in uh, Canada, as you said, in the UK, in Australia, and in Croatia, uh, countries with very dense, well-established camera networks. Um, The chap you mentioned in Canada, um, his name's Dennis Vida. He's been great um, running dark flight analysis, which is essentially a model that predicts where the meteorite lands based on the last observed location of the fireball that comes down. 
Can, can you explain the phases of a meteorite just to, just to help everyone understand? So, so it's in dark flight and then it's in its fireball phase? Or how, how does it work? Uh, it's the other way around. So um, just to start off with the basics, a meteor is a rock that has entered the Earth's atmosphere from space and it's in freefall. Um, a fireball is a meteor that has become so hot that its outer surface melts and it starts to glow. This is the phase that our cameras are able to detect. Right. Um, and the reason that it gets so hot is because air underneath the meteor doesn't have time to get out of the way. The meteor may be moving at tens of kilometers per second. So the air beneath it gets compressed, and as it's compressed, it heats up, and it heats the entire outer surface of the meteor. Of course, as it goes down through the atmosphere, it slows down, and it reaches a point where it's no longer hot enough to glow, and it, its surface refreezes. At that point, we can no longer see it, and it enters the dark flight phase. Uh, for this particular meteor, the dark flight phase lasted only one second, whereas the fireball phase was five or six seconds. And, and, and the fireball phase, is, that essentially lit up the sky, right? That turned, 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 day and, turned, turned night into day and, and for some parts of Otago. Yes, uh, for a, a very brief few seconds, yeah. it did. Amazing. Uh, well, is there another search planned? Are we, you know, are we going to continue looking for it? Absolutely. So there is a big search plan for tomorrow, um, which is mostly going to be more experienced walkers and trampers. Uh, we're going to search the more rugged areas of that revised search area. And on Saturday, we're going to have another big search where we've actually invited uh, school students from across Otago to take part. Wow. And what about, what about your average Joe who wants to volunteer? Are they allowed to come help with the search? Um, I'm afraid it's too late to apply for these particular searches, but if we end up looking again next week, I can, um, we can send an email out, invite anyone who's interested. It really depends how things go this weekend. Um, we are trying to control the numbers of people who enter the area we're investigating. Mm. Uh, we and don't want anyone basically... Uh, taking the meteorite and sort of hiding it away from science before we have a chance to look at exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. And I guess that comes to kind of my last question. Once you do find it, is it not the property of the farmers whose farm it landed on? Uh, that's right. Um, so according to the Protected Objects Act of 1975, it, if it has landed on a farm or someone's private property, the owner of that property also owns the meteorite. But we would urge them to um, perhaps cut it in half and donate one half to science or make some arrangement like that. I, I hope so too, and, I, and, and, and I'm sure with enough um, encouragement from the public, they certainly will. Anyway, Thomas, thank you so much um, for joining me, mate. Um, I, I, I bid you good luck this weekend on, on, on the hunt, and let's hope, let's hope we can find it. Yep, I hope we find it too. Thanks for having me on. All right, see you later, Thomas. See ya. If you're just joining us now, that was uh, master's student Thomas Stevenson. Uh, he is uh, in the midst of hunting for uh, a meteorite that landed somewhere near Dunedin on a farm uh, last, late last week. That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.